0: Good morning. Wonderful morning. Woke up this morning and it was cold. I loved it. It'll get hot soon enough. Please join me in this prayer. Oh God, your glory is always have mercy. Gracious to all who have gone astray from your way. Bring them again with penitent heart, steadfast faith, grace. Hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, Son, who with you, Holy Spirit, lives and reigns, one God, ever, ever. Amen. We prodigals all. We just heard Chris read the story of the prodigal son. It's arguably one of the most well-known parables from the Bible anybody you ask in the Western world will probably be able to recite at least some part of this story. The story, I think it really bears summarizing just very quickly. It concerns an apparently well-off father who has two sons, a younger son and an older. The younger one asks for and receives his half of his inheritance from his father and proceeds then to go off and lose all of it. He is now poor, homeless, nowhere to go, he thinks. So much so that he's reduced to working for a pig farmer, which is not a pleasant task, any of those of you who've been around a large number of pigs. He's working for a pig farmer, feeding them. And he's so downtrodden that he starts to envy the pigs, their food. Eventually, the son realizes how bad off he is, and he makes his way from the pig farm back to his former home. He's expecting a rebuke, at the very least, from his father. He's also thinking that, more than likely, he'll have to pass the rest of his days as one of the lowliest servants in his father's house. But, when he arrives, he's not rebuked but he is greeted joyously by his father, so much so that a celebration is immediately called. For. It is his older brother who has stayed with the father and been a dutiful and obedient son who does the rebuking. In the end, his father rebukes the eldest son, telling him that he has indeed been a dutiful and obedient son and reminding him that everything I have will be yours but that because their younger son has finally returned, and unexpected has returned to them, that they should celebrate. Now, those of us who are parents, especially if we had experiences with a wayward or a difficult child, will likely identify with the father, hoping that we too can rejoice as he does when the child sort of grows up and returns to us as more of an adult. Those of us who recognize that we have fallen into sin away from God will identify with the younger son, finding hope in the fact that our Heavenly Father will forgive us, just as the Father in the parable forgives the younger son. What I don't expect, though, is many of us identifying with the older son. Yet, Let me ask you this. How many times have each of us, I have, felt the same way as the older son? How many of us have felt that little tickle of envy and sharp stab of indignation when someone else has been given praise and reward, even when we know that they have seriously messed up their lives or hurt others in that process? How many of us have said something along the lines of, I don't see how she can forgive her after what she said and did to her earlier. How many of you have thought some variation of that same thing about yourself? How many of us cannot see our hypocritical way of forgiving? Even when we recall how Jesus himself admonished us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 3-5, through 5, Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own? How can you say to your neighbor, let me take that speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. How can we forgive each other if we have envy, indignation, hatred in our heart, such that we cannot see each other clearly? How can we love one another as Jesus commanded if that love is blocked by resentment against what we see as unfair to ourselves? As we move together in this journey with Jesus, think about this. While the younger son's repentance and his father's forgiveness mirror that of all of us and our father in heaven, perspective the older son is us standing faithful but not realizing that we too still need that love and forgiveness that we too are prodigals returning constantly back to god with nothing but the hope of certain forgiveness why do we insist on making someone like the younger son earn forgiveness when our Father in Heaven does not have that same requirement of us. Why are we not willing to forgive even as Jesus commanded in Luke 17 verse 4, even if they sin against you seven times a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive. Why do we want to be like the elder brother? Unwilling to see the joy in one person repenting of their sins and turning their face back to God. Even Jesus, nailed to the cross, suffering extreme humiliation, hovering on the brink of death, asked his Father for forgiveness of his execution Luke 23. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what do. We know we are forgiven, God. We have the promise that was made in John 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but will have eternal life. All that we have to do is to ask, believe. Our forgiveness is waiting for us. Come, ask. As in the words of today's gospel hymn, Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak, wounded, sick, sore. Jesus ready stands to save Full of pity, of power. He is able. He is able. He is able. He is willing. Doubt no more.
1: Our Father, who art in heaven. Yes. What is it? Um. Please. I- I'm trying to pray. Oh. Our Father, who art in heaven.
0: Hello. I'm here.
1: Um, could you wait until I'm done? You called me. I did?
0: Yes. You said, our Father who art in heaven.
1: Oh, I was just reciting the Lord's Prayer.
0: And I was answering. Ah. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm listening.
1: All right. Okay. Our Father who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name.
0: You really think so? Think what? That my name is hallowed.
1: Hallowed?
0: Yes, you know, holy. Do you respect my name?
1: Well, yeah, I I guess so. Well,
0: how about yesterday on your way to work, when you got behind that slow bus?
1: Oh, (laughs) that. (laughs) Hey, um, I, I didn't mean what I said.
0: Well, how would you like it if everybody went around shouting... Oh, Lisa, every time they hit their thumb with a hammer or got held up in traffic. (laughs) Sorry. I forgive you.
1: Look, this is going to take forever if you keep interrupting me.
0: Uh, Would that be so bad? What? Talking with me forever.
1: I don't know. I I never thought about it.
0: Well, do. Might happen.
1: Oh. Well,
0: go ahead. Keep going.
1: All right. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
0: Whoa, you sure you want all that?
1: All what?
0: My kingdom coming and my will being done.
1: Actually, I kind of like the on earth as it is in heaven part. We could all use a little more heaven around here.
0: So what are you doing about it? Me? You want my will done? Who do you expect to do it?
1: Well... I thought since it was your kingdom and...
0: Uh... But you can't have a kingdom without subject.
1: No, I guess not.
0: Hey, <laughs> it's not that hard. All you really have to do is to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself.
1: Oh, brother. Him too. Look, can, can we get on with it?
0: Sure. Don't let me stop you.
1: Right. Uh, (laughs) I forgot where I was.
0: Give us this day...
1: Oh, yeah. I got it. Give us this day our daily bread.
0: You could use a little less bread, actually.
1: Oh, come on.
0: (sighs) No, really. You know that half of my people eat less meat in a year than you had for breakfast?
1: Picky, picky... Hickey,
0: You want me to do what's best for you, don't you?
1: All I asked for was a little bread.
0: And today, the bread I'm giving you is a half hour of Bible study, a free evening spent with your family, and a $20 deduction from your checking account for the World Hunger Charity of your choice.
1: All that, just for me.
0: Just for you.
1: You really shouldn't have.
0: Hey, I like giving you good things.
1: Thanks a lot.
0: Come on, on with the rest of the prayer.
1: Hey, look, this is kind of dragging on. I mean, why don't we just take a break?
0: There's not that much more, Lisa.
1: I'd really rather stop. Lisa? Okay, okay. (laughs) Forgive us our trespasses, because we forgive those who trespass against us.
0: What about Kathy?
1: I knew you were going to say that! Well... Look, after all the things she's done to me, you expect me to just forget about him?
0: I don't know. How do you want your forgiveness, with or without forgetting?
1: Oh, come on! You know she's not the least bit sorry, and she treats me like that all the time. I mean, enough's enough!
0: Whatever you say.
1: (sighs) What do you mean, whatever I say?
0: Well, it's up to you. Right now, I'll forgive you for everything... As long as it's not a repeated offense, and you apologize first. What? As you forgive, so you are forgiven. You said it. Oh. What do you think?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I can try to forgive her, but what if I can't pull it off?
0: I'll tell you what. You do your best, and I'll do mine. Okay. And don't worry, my best is pretty good. Yeah. Now, just a little bit more.
1: Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't that kind of a strange thing to pray? I mean, you're not going to lead me into sin, are you?
0: I don't know. You spend half your time asking me to. You love being tempted. You're always hoping I'll arrange things so that you'll be helpless in the face of passions beyond your control. Well,
1: once in a while, I wouldn't mind a little excitement, you know.
0: Lisa, if you can honestly ask me not to lead you into temptation, maybe that means you're halfway resolved to avoid it yourself.
1: All right. You got me again. (laughs) It seems like every time I open my mouth, there's something you're asking me to change.
0: Well, sometimes you expect a little more out of your immediate family. Now, come on. Time for the big finish.
1: For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
0: Lisa? Lisa? What? You know what would really give me glory?
1: I'm afraid to ask.
0: (laughs) Just, well, just keep talking with me, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can manage that. Amen. Amen. All
2: right. Thank you to our St. Matthew's players. (laughs) So you had Sam as your preacher this morning, and today now you're having me as your teacher. Um, Back in, I guess it was 2006, Penny Carter and Reverend Gail Harrelson and I went to the Prayer Institute at the um, Kingdom Builders um, uh, Congregation, you know, their their, um, body of, of Christ. And one of the things that they were teaching us was about prayer, and that's why I mean, I think it fits in very nicely. The The prayer that the Lord's Prayer is something that Jesus taught us when the disciples asked, you know, how do we pray? And I think all of us have had times in our lives when we go, I just don't know how to pray. And Jesus taught us this model prayer to speak to God. And the, that institute was all about the different types of prayers. And one of the prayers that they taught us was the modeling of the Lord's Prayer. And you have in your bulletin an insert that we're going to go over a little bit because I think it's important that we um, look at this model prayer. And, and I think it's the, what Sam and Lisa did for us today was help us to remember that although we recite the Lord's Prayer every Sunday in this church— we need to stop and think about what is it really saying? What is it really meaning? What are we really asking for when we lift up that prayer to God? And what they taught us at the Institute was that the, you know, the prayer is how we, who live in the natural world here on earth, communicate and connect with God who abides in the supernatural world. Prayer is the vehicle that we load up with God's word and send it to God. And God, in turn, uses that vehicle of prayer to come back to us with his answer and with his love. So, in the Institute, they took the prayer and divided it up into six requirements and those are listed in your bulletin and i think it's interesting the way that they presented it because if you look at it the prayer begins with praise and worship and the prayer ends in praise and worship it's the bookends it's the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end which is god the other thing that i think is important is that prayer is scripturally built. And as we think about the Lord's Prayer and we think about how we pray, when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we can go to Scripture and find the support of that within Scripture. And that's what they teach us to do, is to go and search Scripture for the specifics that we are trying to do with our prayer. So for the praise and worship to begin with, if you go to Psalms 100, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truthful truth endures to all generations. So that's lifting up a prayer using praise and worship. God's will, when we pray God's will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's when we are lifting up the confidence that we have in God that his will will be done. So in 1 John 5:14 through 15, now is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And then the prayer model goes on to the time that we're asking for God to give us our daily bread. And in reality, the daily bread is Christ. He is our bread. He is what we pray for every day. And when we're praying our needs, we're praying for Christ to be in our lives and to be in, just within us at all times. But God knows our needs before we ever ask. So when we pray our our needs, we also have scripture that we can rely on that gives us the assurance that our needs will be met according to his will. So in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But also in the Lord's Prayer, and what Jesus was trying to teach us in the Lord's Prayer, is that we also have to take the time to forgive and ask for forgiveness. As, uh, you know, one of the things he taught the disciples was, you know, don't, you know, don't go to the offer to give your, your, your offering until you have forgiven and you have asked for forgiveness. So in Matthew 6, 14 through 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And protection being lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, Um, You know, one of the things that they really highlighted at the Institute that I walked away with is the fact that, you know, God is in the supernatural, but who else is in the supernatural? Satan. Satan is in the supernatural. And what we need to do is make sure that we are praying constantly, continuously, without, without any letting up at all for that protection. And... To ensure that we really keep this lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Very, very specific because we need that protection because Satan is at work every day in trying to deceive us. So in 2 Peter 2, 9, it says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And in John 17, 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And then we go back to praise and worship, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, which is actually not in that part of the Matthew. Matthew 9 through 13 stops at lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But again, it's the Alpha and the Omega. So we look for praise in Revelation 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So I think taking the play that Lisa and Sam have, have performed for us today to help remind us when we do pray the Lord's Prayer that it's intentional in what we instead of becoming very rote and saying the words over because we know them by heart but to actually use our heart and to seek seek out scripture that supports what we are asking of God because again he will give us all those things according to his will and as he, Jesus indicated even in the in the part of Matthew that uh, you know, don't pray like the hypocrites and be verbose and you know lots of words and flowery things, but really get to the heart of what God's will is and what your your requests, your supplication, and your thanksgivings are. So I have included in um, your handout in the bulletin a sample pr- uh, prayer using scripture, using the Lord's model, the Lord's prayer model. Um, that if you would please, if let's join me together as we pray this prayer for peace, using the Lord's prayer model. Father, praise you and thank you for your steadfast love that never ceases, and for being a God not of disorder but of peace. Your mercies never come to an end. You are King of ages, immortal. Invisible, the only God, honor and glory are yours forever and ever. Lord, thy will be done. I expect peace, which surpasses all understanding, to guard my heart and mind, and that peace will be within our borders and security within our walls. You said that you would leave peace with us and give peace to us. Behold, you come in peace. Dear Lord, I come to you with an open heart and hands to ask that the troubled regions of the world will lay down their weapons and put aside hate and fear and will return their hearts to you for peace in this fallen world. I pray for peace in the land that I might lie down and not be afraid. May be peace to the far and the near, an end to war and terrorism, and a beginning to community. Lord, please forgive me for thoughts of hatred against enemies and those who believe and live differently from me. Forgive me for not praying more earnestly and more often for peace and love. Lord, I forgive my enemies for for they do not know what they do they act out of fear and ignorance forgive me for not loving my enemies as you have commanded of me lord lead me through the trials and tests that i may face and protect me from evil for you are wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and prince of peace holy 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 is the Lord of hosts. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. And I'll just leave you with one last um, note that stayed with me through this uh, time that we spent in this um, in this prayer institute. And that is that God created prayer for his purposes, and not for our indulgences. Thank you.